Our scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verses 1 through 16. One Sabbath, while Jesus was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked some heads of grain, rubbed them in their hands, and ate them. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught, And there was a man whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath, so that they might have an accusation against him. Even though he knew what they were thinking, he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come and stand here. He got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to him, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or destroy it? After looking around at all of them, he said to them, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. Now during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. And when, Jesus, and when day came, he called, the 12 disciples, called his disciples and chose twelve of them who he also named apostles, Simon, who he named Peter and his brother Andrew, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, we've been following the narrative lectionary for almost five months now. We started it back at the beginning of September. We followed it through the Old Testament up until Advent and Christmas when we crossed over into the New Testament and entered into the Gospel of Luke and started following the life of Christ. And it wasn't until this week that I realized one of its shortcomings over the old lectionary that we followed. The Old Lectionary offered us four texts for each week. A psalm, an Old Testament reading, a gospel reading, an epistle reading. So if you go and you open it up and you don't like a passage, you choose one of the others. You don't like the gospel, you go for the epistle. You don't like the Old Testament, you go for the psalm. There are easy outs. The Narrative Lectionary just offers one. If you look at a scripture and you've got nothing... You've got nothing. And today's passage is one that doesn't appear anywhere in the Revised Common Lectionary. 
It's one that I know I've read because I've read Luke cover to cover many times, but it's not one that stuck out in my mind. And because it's not in the normal lectionary, when I went to my resources, I found next to nothing about it. And I went to a website that has catalogs of sermons organized by Scripture, and when I got to Luke 6, 1 through 16, there was a big hole. I was lost. And it's because, because Sabbath is a complicated issue. Obeying the Sabbath is the only one of the Ten Commandments that Jesus does not repeat in the New Testament. Sabbath is something that we don't really think about today. And if we do think about it, there are plenty of arguments about Sabbath. Orthodox Jewish rabbis have argued for centuries about what it means to obey the Sabbath. There are detailed arguments about whether it is breaking the Sabbath to flip a light switch because it causes a spark which caused the lights to come on. So I decided I'd start by turning it around on you and asking, what do you think of Sabbath? When you hear the word Sabbath, what do you think of? What does it mean to you to obey the Sabbath? Is Sabbath that's something that's important to you? And these are not rhetorical questions. These are questions that I'm, I'm actually expecting answers. It's a day of rest. Time with family? Coming together in worship. Yeah, some of you remember when, when blue laws were in effect and businesses had to be closed on Sunday so that people had to spend time with their family. So people couldn't go out to eat. People didn't have to work retail jobs or at the movie theater or, or whatever might, job they might have, but they were home with family. They were free to go to church. They were free to go to, to Sunday night's church functions. They had the whole day free for God. And then slowly that started to give away. Um, I was a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. And in high school, this came up and we were having a debate over blue laws, uh, closing on Sunday. And I took, they should be closed on Sunday. And they shut me up with, but your dad's a preacher. He always works on Sunday. <laughs> this, is, this is true. You know, it's a day of rest except for the pastor, except for the choir director, the choir, uh, the choir itself, the, the pianist, the, the organist. It's a, you know, a, a lot of people put a lot of work into uh, Sabbath on Sunday. In fact, I've, Diane. That is work for God. That's correct. So Diane's read my sermon outline and she's trying to jump ahead. It's a, now, what she said is, for her, it, it's, it's a way of worshiping God. It's a way of giving to God, which I, I fully agree with. I, you know, I, I try not to refer to, especially church on Sunday morning, as work. I, I've slipped up a few times and been like, well, as soon as I'm done with work, I'm going to go watch the game. And then it's like, no, no, as soon as I'm done with worship, because that's truly what it is. Committee meetings, that's another thing. That, that's more... <laughs> but today's scripture deals almost exclusively with the Sabbath. First, Jesus and his disciples are walking through a grain field, and some of his disciples reach down and pluck some grain and rub it to get some, some uh, food to eat. 
And that might seem wrong that they're picking someone else's field, but during Jesus' time, the people were instructed to leave grain in their field for hungry people, that they were only supposed to to gather 90% of their grain, leaving 10% for strangers and foreigners and hungry people who might be hungry. So there was no problem with the disciples taking something to eat. But the problem was with them doing it on the Sabbath. Some of the Pharisees viewed that as work, and they called Jesus on it, and Jesus said, well, what about David? When David and his companions were hungry, they went into the temple and they ate the bread that was only supposed to be eaten by the high priest. They broke the laws to feed themselves because they needed sustenance. Are we not called to do the same? And the Pharisees really didn't have anything to say to that. So then on another Sabbath, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. And the Pharisees started to watch him closely. And there was a man whose hand was withered and crippled and completely useless. And the Pharisees wanted to see if Jesus would heal them. And what I think is about interesting is that the Pharisees admitted that Jesus had the power to heal, thought it might be something that was expected of him. And so Jesus called the man forward and said to the crowd, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do evil, to save a life or take a life on the Sabbath? And no one had an answer, so he healed the man. And that's when the Pharisees began to plot against Jesus, to try to figure out a way to entrap him. They were so outraged. And then Jesus gathered the rest of the disciples, and they went on their way. In preparing for this sermon, I really struggled with what is Sabbath. Because Scripture gives us different reasons for Sabbath. One of the reasons comes to us from the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 18, verses 14 through 15 read, But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep your Sabbath day. Here Moses is declaring that they are to remember that they were slaves in Egypt and they longed for a day of rest. So they are to take a day of rest and give their slaves a day of rest because when they were slaves, they longed for one. And that got me thinking back to Jesus when he said there are two commandments. He said the first is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And it seems like this is where Jesus is saying, or Moses is saying, love your slave as you love yourself. When you were a slave, you wanted rest. So give your slaves rest. Don't do any work yourself. You rest, they rest. Then I started looking at the the passage that Mike read from Exodus, which is the giving of the Ten Commandments. It starts, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is heaven or above, or that is the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. 
You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generations of those that reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the Lord, your, the name of your Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your town. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land of the Lord your God. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, their wife, their ox, their donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. There it seems like the reason for Sabbath is because God rested on the seventh day. But then what really struck out at me about that was where the Sabbath commandment was placed. Right there in the middle. It's the fifth commandment. It's 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 in the middle as you could be. And I just mentioned Jesus said there are two great commandments, to love God and to love neighbor. And it's often been said that the first five commandments are about loving God. The second five are about loving your neighbor. Then I realized that maybe the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy is a bridge between the two. That by keeping the Sabbath holy, we're to focus on God. We're to rest and think of God that we're to turn back to God, that we're submit, to submit ourselves to God. But we're to do so to enable us to love our neighbor. So that we may be rested to love our neighbor, so that we can do what God calls us to do in this world, to follow God's path before us. The Sabbath is a bridgeway from loving God to loving neighbor. It's a way of having us reflect on God's will for us. Reflect on what God desires for us, for our lives. Of remembering that we are God's people and submitting ourselves before God. I thought it was interesting that the passage today ends with the calling of the twelve disciples. Because it seems out of place. Jesus calls the twelve disciples, but he doesn't immediately send them out into the world. If we keep reading, he begins to instruct them. He begins to teach them what it means to do God's will, to follow God's path, to submit ourselves to God. If we keep reading in chapter 6, Jesus says, But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you good do, do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. 
If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend. Expect nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. So Jesus tells the disciples what it means to submit themselves to God, to go out into the world following God's world, to love our enemies, to give without expectation, to do to others as we want to be done to ourselves, to forgive others, to give, to show grace. Sabbath is a way of focusing ourselves on God. So Diane was completely right. Leading the choir, leading worship, working the sound system is a way of focusing ourselves on God, of seeking to do God's will. Jesus doesn't repeat for us to keep the Sabbath, but Jesus does call on us to be holy, to listen for God's word, to follow God. And keeping the Sabbath is a tool to help us to do that. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says humanity was, the Sabbath was not created for humanity, or humanity was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for humanity. It's a tool to help humanity focus on God, to listen for God's voice, to hear God calling to us, to follow. When we look at Sabbath this way, it makes perfect sense that Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. That he would reach out and teach on the Sabbath because he is doing God's will in the world. He's following God's voice. We are called to do the same. How we follow the Sabbath is up to us. Whether it's spending time with family, spending time resting, coming to worship, whatever we do, we should one thing we should guarantee is that it focuses us on God. That it points us to the cross. That it points us to Christ who sacrificed all for us. That focuses us on Emmanuel. God with us who shows us how God wants us to be. Walter Brueggemann is one of the most prolific biblical scholars of the 20th and 21st century. He writes books upon books upon books. It's uh, like Rob Bell doing exegesis and biblical studies. It's, he's got more books than, than I can count. And he wrote one book called The Sabbath is Resistance, and one quote jumped out at me. Worship that does not lead to neighborly compassion and justice cannot be a faithful worship of God. The offer is a phony Sabbath. Friends, Jesus obeyed the Sabbath. The Pharisees didn't get it. They were too caught up in their legalistic view of it. But Jesus used the Sabbath as a tool to focus himself on God. To hear God's voice to him. And use that as a springboard to go out into the world. And to further God's kingdom and to give glory to God's name. We are called to do the same. Amen.